why don't you reach over to a prayer warrior next to you if it's appropriate. And let's continue to lift up our voice. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we've sang, we've praised, we've worshiped. Can we pray for a moment right now? Ah, in the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you lift up your voice? Put aside every distraction. Put aside every passing thought. Focus your mind, your heart, your attention on King Jesus right now. Have your way today, God. Have your way today, God. Have your way in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, the rest of y'all. Praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody glad to be in God's house on this beautiful morning. As you make your way back to your seat, I want to turn your attention to the book of Ezekiel chapter 22. We will read verses 30 and 31. While you turn there, I want to take a moment this morning and do something that is biblical. And I want to give honor to whom honor is due. Give honor today to Pastor Bradford. Thank him for the invitation to come. Give honor to his son, Brother Peyton Bradford. Bishop Frost, I honor you today, the work, the legacy. Appreciate him so very much. Thank you to this wonderful church uh, for all of the hard work that has gone, the planning, the preparation into making this meeting a great success. Thank you for all the work that has been done. Is anybody thankful to be at Acts 238 conference this week? What a, what a tremendous job these musicians and singers have done. I'm going to tell you about what we are experiencing this week. It's not just talented musicians and gifted singers, but it is anointed Holy Ghost minstrels and singers that have truly led us into the throne room, and I honor them today. Thank you for uh, the beautiful room and, and gift basket. Everything has been just so nice. And uh, first class, excellent. What a beautiful facility and a place that has been set aside and dedicated to worship. This is my first time here and to the church here in Bakersfield. I honor you. It is so good to have all of the saints of God in church this morning. Uh, this is something that I always say, but it's hard to have church without saints. And so I'm glad you're here today, truly. Uh, what, what anointed preaching we heard last night from my old friend, uh, Reverend Taylor Fish. He and I have been friends a, a very long time. And I, I love and appreciate him. Tremendous preaching last night, how to kill the preacher. And uh, we're going to be blessed again this week. All of our youth pastors, thank you so much for coming. All the pastors, the ministering brethren.
brethren. I salute you in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, but most of all, we're glad Jesus is in this house. Does anybody feel his presence? Anybody feel his touch? I, I want to obey the Lord. I have prayed and fasted concerning uh, this meeting. And I want to be obedient to God. Is anybody going to help me preach a little while this morning? Ezekiel 22 and 30, if you're there, just say amen. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge. And stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Today, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach from this thought, the forgotten calling. The forgotten calling. I would ask today that before we move further in this service, would you put your Bibles down? Close your eyes and lift up your hands. And let's ask that the Holy Ghost would have his way in the remainder of this service. God, I thank you today for your spirit that I feel in this house. Lord, I thank you for your mighty touch. I thank you for your people that have gathered here together in your name. Lord, I'm asking you right now. I know that your word is already anointed. But God, I pray you would fill my mouth and loose my tongue to preach under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And God, I pray that you would put a special anointing upon this congregation, not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. Would you, would you just stretch your hand toward this pulpit? Come on, could we pray? Connect us in the Holy Ghost. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray right now? Come on now, would you clap your hands as unto the Lord? Come on, somebody ought to bless his name today. Clap your hands, all your people, Psalm 47 and 1, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Ah, hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise him this morning in the congregation of the saints. We worship you today, God. We bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The forgotten calling. In the New Testament, Jesus is speaking to uh, the multitude. And he is speaking to his disciples and speaking of the Pharisees and the scribes. And he makes a, a very powerful statement in Matthew 23 and 5. He said... But all their works they do for to be seen of men. Uh, these are people who would give offerings and that would be accompanied with the sound of trumpets for their own glory. These are Pharisees that would pray on the street corners and in the synagogues just to be seen and just to be heard praying. These are individuals that would fast and would disfigure their faces, the Bible says, so that others might notice. 
One translation says that they would put on a sad and dismal face like actors, discoloring their faces with ashes or dirt. They'd walk around and they would play the part so everybody would know they were fasting. Their heart was in the wrong place. And, and when Jesus called them out, he revealed a fundamental weakness of the flesh. It is that we want recognition. We want to be seen. We want to be noticed. We want to be recognized. But I'm reminded concerning the things of God, the words in Colossians 3 and 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. What a challenge today to guard our hearts and to keep our motives in check and in the right place. Let me tell you about the devil. Let me tell you about this flesh we have. It only wants you to pray when you come to church. But if that's the case, you're only interested in recognition and not real relationship. If that is the only time you pray and talk and commute and fellowship with God, at that point, your prayer life's just based on being seen of men. And I come today to... to to point out that old spirit that is very much alive and real still today. That's why there's some folks that are silent as a mouse in the prayer room before church. But then when the pastor walks in, all of a sudden they find their prayer voice and they turn up the volume. Uh, hallelujah. Why is it that we're praying? Uh, there's some people, they only shout the glory down uh, at Acts 238 conference. Uh, but in their home church, uh, it's hard to get them out of the pew. But I wonder if there's anybody in this house today uh, that the things you do for God, uh, they're not to be seen of men. Uh, you don't want to be a man pleaser, uh, but you want to be somebody that pleases God. Uh, I don't want to live one way at church and the other way at home. I don't want to dress one way at church and the other way when I get home. Uh, hallelujah. If you're living like that, the things that you're doing, uh, they're to be seen of men. And I don't know about you, but everything I'm doing, I want to do it as unto the Lord. I'm not praying to be seen. I'm not worshiping to be noticed. Just on a Wednesday night and a Thursday morning when everybody's watching me. Hallelujah. The reason I fast is not because I'm so spiritual. But I want to tell you, I'm praying. Because if I don't pray, I will not stay. That's what the old timer said, and it's still true in this house this morning. I'm worshiping him because I love him. I've got a relationship with him. I don't fast because I'm so spiritual. I fast because I've got to mortify my flesh. Hallelujah. Listen to the words of the great apostle Paul. He said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, uh, lest that by any means uh, when I preach to others, uh, I myself uh, should be a castaway. Uh, can I tell you this morning, brother, can I tell you this morning, sister, uh, if the apostle Paul had to keep his flesh in check, you better believe we got to keep our flesh in check. If my relationship with God is based off of being seen of men, in appearance, I will not make it. I will not survive. And in a day where everyone wants to be seen and noticed, in a time where 
affirmation and notoriety and popularity and publicity are desired above all else. How come today with a burden from the Holy Ghost to preach about a call of God that many have forgotten? In our text, Ezekiel 22, it's a stern passage of Scripture that speaks concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, the prophet is tasked with showing them their sin and identifying their mistakes, revealing to them the judgment that would come. I feel that in some ways today we have a uh, misconception of all that a prophet is. Uh, modern day prophets are often viewed as men that come by and prophesy blessing and, and favor, uh, good, good things. But the Old Testament office of a prophet more often than not was to tell the people what they did not want to hear. Prophecy is not just for encouragement, but it's often for correction. And these old men of God, they would call out sin and they would warn of judgment. So the prophet Ezekiel, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, begins to speak. And he tells them that judgment had come. God's people had grown cold and backslidden. They were stagnant and they were complacent. Jerusalem was guilty and she had to pay. God's nature is such that he cannot help but judge sin. His holiness reflects that of his completeness and perfection. He can't allow sin and unrighteousness in his presence. And to be a part of his people, we've got to be holy. We've got to be pure. We've got to be sanctified. And so the prophet here is naming their sin and telling them of the judgment to come. But in verse 30, uh, there is an avenue of escape. Uh, there is a way out for those who sin uh, that cannot be denied. Uh, there is mercy. There is grace. Uh, God said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. Uh, that I should not destroy it. He said, but I found none. God said a call went out and a burden was issued, but there was no one that would heed it. And I want to preach to us today that the forgotten calling is that of an intercessor. An intercessor is one who pleads or intervenes on behalf of another. And we have to understand this today. One of the first and foremost principles in the kingdom of God is that our lives are not just about ourselves. And I want to tell you that everyone under the sound of my voice here today, you are called to be an intercessor. I believe that the condition of this world, it is a very powerful indicator that our time here on earth left is short. Time is the currency of life, and every day it's fading. Everywhere we turn, there's wickedness on every side. Perversion and sin surround us, but we've got to work while it's still day. We've got to pray while there's still time. John 9 and 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. He said, because the night's coming when nobody can work. Hey, folks, we got to wake up. It's not time to play games. It's not time to play church. This world is on its way to judgment. It's going to burn with a fervent heat. Night's coming. I want to tell a young person in this house, don't get too comfortable. Don't get too tied down. Don't get too entrenched and connected that you forget that while we may be in this world, we can never forget we are not 
of this world. And if there has ever been a moment, God, I pray you'd help me preach this today. If there's ever been a day, if there's ever been a time where we need intercessors, that day is now. God's looking for them. God's searching for them. God needs intercessors. God needs people that are willing to go beyond their wants and their needs and their desires to make up the hedge and stand in the gap for somebody else. Come on, I wonder if you could lift up your hands right now. Come on, let's pray. Let's wait on the Holy Ghost for a minute. Come on, somebody open up your spirit to what the Holy Ghost is trying to say today. Whenever there's a gap between God's grace and judgment, somebody's got to step in to fill that gap. Moses, he stayed the hand of God. He stopped judgment on Israel because he was an intercessor. Anybody remember that barren mother named Hannah that received a promised child because she was an intercessor? I want to tell you that an intercessor is a powerful thing. Scripture introduces us to a man by the name of Abraham. He was the one that God made his covenant with, Genesis 22 and 17, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And in spite of Abraham's favor and faithfulness, he had a nephew by the name of Lot. And scripture lets us know there came a point in their lives when they had to go their separate ways. There was strife between their herdsmen. And so when it come time for Lot to leave, uh, he placed his tent toward the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I will stop right here and tell you that direction matters. I said direction matters. Not everything's a sin, but everything's a direction. We've got to guard ourselves, young people. And, and time would pass and... Uh, sin and abomination took over that wicked city. Lot and his family now lived there. He was an influential leader in the community. But it became so bad that the filth and the vile, abominable acts of that city become more than God could bear. The cry of grievous sin was more than he could turn his ears from. Judgment was to come. Fire and brimstone to rain down. Uh, and in that city, Lot and his family, they had become so connected and tied to. Uh, time was up. But because of the fact that Abraham was an intercessor, in Genesis 18 and 17, God says, should I hide my plan from Abraham? And he did not. Because of Abraham's intimacy with God, his family received a chance at mercy. Then Abraham asked the Lord, he said, Lord, if there's 50 righteous, would you spare this city? And God agreed to it. Abraham asked the Lord, he said, if there was 40 Five righteous, would you spare the city? Yet again, he agrees. Abraham talks him all the way down to ten righteous, and yet God would still have mercy. That's the power of an intercessor. That's the power that an intercessor has with God. Abraham not only directly influenced when judgment came, but if judgment was to come, when judgment was on the way to Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham stood in the gap for Lot and his family. God planned on destroying Abraham body, uh, but because of an intercessor, uh, mercy was given. Uh, and I want you to listen to what the angel of judgment, uh, you're talking about the angel uh, that had the power to call down fire and brimstone from heaven on that wicked city. 
But he told Lot, he said, haste thee and escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thee hither. Therefore, the name of that city was called Zoar. What a powerful thing that the angel of the Lord told Lot. He said, my hands are tied until I get you to safety. I believe if Abraham would have had the faith to go all the way down to one righteous, God would have spared that city. Let me tell you that intercessors, they've got pull with God. Intercessors have influence with God. And because of Abraham's intercession, God sent angels to protect and deliver Lot and his family to safety. I want to know if there's anybody in this house today. Would you like to have angels of the Lord dispatched to those that you pray for? Would you like God come on to think enough of you that when you pray, he'll heed, he'll listen, he'll send angels. That's what will happen if you'll be an intercessor, if you're here today and you've got family that's lost in sin, there is no more powerful force on this earth than that of an intercessor. If you've got backslidden family and friends and loved ones, there is nothing greater than you can do. I know what I'm talking about today. When I was backslidden and lost and on my way to hell, I can't tell you the times that I woke up in the night, hot tears would be rolling down my cheeks. I thank God for a praying mother and a praying father and a praying church. I know how, let me talk to somebody that's got a lost family member, a friend or a prodigal. It looked like I was as far away from God as I could ever get. I was cold. I was hardened. I didn't want anything to do with church. But at night, conviction would wake me up in the night. God would be speaking to me. The Holy Ghost would be dealing with me. Can I tell somebody today now is not the time to stop praying. I said now is not the time to stop calling on their name. Hallelujah. I wish somebody right now that you got a lost family member. You ought to lift up your voice. You ought to call their name in prayer. Right now, I'm telling you that while you're praying in here, God can move on them outside these four walls. Come on, let's pray. I rebuke that lie from hell that would tell you there's no hope. There's too, it's too far gone. There's too much water under the bridge. They're, they got too much baggage. They're too bitter. They're too broken. The devil he is a liar. I said the devil he is a liar. I'm calling on somebody today. Come on. You've let the flame, you've let the torch of intercessor and prayer go out. The Holy Ghost wants you to know it's time to start praying again. It's time to start interceding. God is not through yet. Brother Williams, I stand here today because God loved me enough to have intercessors in my life that would pray over me. I thought about it. I can't tell you the times I'd be cold and indifferent, not right with God. And I had a father that would call my name in prayer. Every morning I'd wake up early in the morning, 4, 35 o'clock, and I'd hear my daddy, he's a praying man, call my name in prayer. My mother, she would pray for me. Hallelujah. I come to tell somebody, you better never underestimate the power of prayer. I know it's simple, but prayer, it really does work. It really does work. Mark. 
I wonder where we would be. I wonder where we would be if it wasn't for intercessors. I wonder how many times mercy's been extended to us, not because of what we did, but because of somebody praying for us. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost settling in this house. I know Lamentation says it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. But can I tell you a little revelation? The mercy in your life is directly connected to the intercessors that you've got praying for you. Is there anybody here today that would just like to take a moment, lift up your hands, and thank God for the intercessors in your life. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. Oh, you ought to thank God for it today. Did you know that one intercessor, one, Brother Bradford, has the power to change the entire atmosphere of a service? All it takes is for one to get in the Holy Ghost. All it takes is for one to make up their mind. I'm going to push my way past my flesh. Hey, let me tell you something, saints. Young people, hear me today. When service is locked up, when it's dry and dead, it's not time to sit there. It's not time to wait on somebody else. But God's looking for a young man. God's looking for a young lady to rise up. God's looking for somebody to intercede. All it takes is for one person to begin to cry out and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Where are you today, intercessor? Where are you today, prayer warrior? We need you in this house. I wish everybody under the sound of my voice would lift up your voice and begin to pray. Come on, elders, if you're here today, help me pray. Oh, God, send that old anointing in this house. Send an old anointing in this house. In the name of Jesus. It was Abraham that stood in the gap and made up the hedge. It was Abraham's prayer. They called angels to the city. It was Abraham's relationship with God that wrought mercy in Lot's life. And can I tell you that you've got a reason to be an intercessor today. That, that blessing given to Abraham, young people hear me, it was more than just a physical blessing. But it was a spiritual blessing as well. He was blessed to be a blessing through him. All the nations would be blessed. It was prophetically speaking of Abraham's seed. Having the Holy Ghost poured out on them. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Under the uttermost parts of the earth. Hey the reason God filled you with the Holy Ghost. It's not just so doodads or run up and down your spine. But you were blessed to be a blessing. When you repent of your sins. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Remember, God filled you. He restored your life to be a blessing to others. Everyone, 
under the sound of my voice, you was called to be an intercessor. And if you have no reason to intercede today, if you have no reason to cry out to God for yourself, you need to be thankful. You need to be thankful trouble and turmoil is not in your life. But you ought to be thankful enough to intercede on behalf of somebody else. I want you to understand, young people, we're so blessed. But much of the reason we're not in that place of trouble and sorrow right now is so that we can be a blessing to somebody that is. I know you're blessed. I know you got the favor of God. But let me tell you why. The reason you got it all together, the reason you don't have anything to plead God for, the reason it's hard for you to pray and cry is because God, he's put you in that position to cry out for somebody else. There's those of you today that, that I know there's trouble in your life. There's trouble in your family, in your home, but for many of you, there's not. But God didn't give you the stability in your world. He didn't bless you just so you could live happily ever after. He blessed you so you could make a difference in the kingdom of God. And if you're here today and you're wondering, and you're wondering why it's hard to connect, and you're wondering why sometimes it's hard for you to get plugged in, it's because you think the only time you need to respond is if you need something for yourself. But if you feel that way, I come to tell you, you're missing it this morning. But God put you in that position to intercede for somebody else. If you're having a hard time being engaged, even in this service today, I've got an answer for you. You need to intercede. You need to begin to cry out to God for somebody else. Come on, there's a call. There's a burden going forth. God's wanting you to stand in the gap for somebody else. He's waiting on you to make up the hedge. God's looking for intercessors today. There's more to living for God than just coming to the house of the Lord three or four times a week. But God calls called you to be an intercessor. In the book of Isaiah, when God punished Israel, he allowed that hedge of protection to be torn down. And the thing standing in the gap between him and his people being devoured is that hedge of mercy. The worst thing God could ever do is take away the hedge between his people and the enemy. And today, even in this house, the Lord is searching. I wonder if he'll find an intercessor. God, I'm asking you today that you would stir my generation. God, I'm asking you today that you would give us a burden. I want to tell you, young people, you got a reason to intercede. There's people in your city that are lost and dying, and they're on their way to hell. you got a reason to pray. There's saints of God. There's young people in your youth group. They're teetering on the edge of giving up and walking away from God even today. you got a reason to intercede. There's backsliders lost and bound in sin. We got a reason to intercede. There's people in this house today. They need the Holy Ghost to get a hold of them and change their hearts. We got a reason to pray. I wonder right now if somebody would go to that place. I wonder if an intercessor, I wonder if a prayer warrior would begin to pray till you get in the spirit. Brother Frost, we can't let the way of the intercessor die with the previous generation. But God's looking for young men. God's looking for young ladies that would heed the call. I know it's work. I know 
it's not comfortable to your flesh. Come on, I'm talking about a call that'll wake you up in the middle of the night. I know you may not have a visible ministry. I may, I know you may not be the one standing behind the pulpit or singing the solo or in the choir, but I want to tell you there's a call of God going forth in this house for a young man, for a young lady. Come on, you can have power with God. You can have pull. You can be an intercessor. I believe right now if we'll begin to intercede, I believe right now as we're praying, God can send angels. I said God can send angels of mercy for those you're praying for. Come on, it's time to pray today. If you're here this afternoon and you're living in sin, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. The intercessor can only bring you so far. You got to decide for yourself to be saved. The angel comes to Lot's family. He said, Escape the mountain, don't turn around. But on the way up that mountain, Lot's wife made the choice. Every one of us here have to make or not. She chose to turn around. And in that moment, she became a pillar of salt. I want to tell you, the intercessor can't always save you. But there comes a point, young person, where you got to get your own relationship with God. If there was sin in my life and iniquity, I wouldn't wait. I'd get it right today. Come on, if I was here and I hadn't repented of my sins, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, I would not leave without it. I wonder if we could turn these lights down. I feel like it's time to have an old-fashioned Holy Ghost prayer meeting. Come on, let's pray right now. God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap. God, give us young people that know how to pray. God, give us young people that'll die on the altar. God, give us young people that'll intercede. Come on, if you don't know how how to pray until you tap into intercessor of prayer. I want you to yield yourself to the Holy Ghost right now. And there will come a moment when all of a sudden you'll feel something come over you. It may be something you haven't experienced before, but it's a place in prayer. God desires that we go. You yield yourself to it. Come, there'll be groanings that cannot be uttered. Come on, young men. Yield yourself to the Spirit. Oh! God, give us prayer warriors. I don't want to be a preacher that prays. I want to be a prayer warrior that preaches. God ever called me to preach. He called me to pray. Come on, young preacher. You want that ministry? Come on, get you a prayer life. Be an intercessor. Come on, somebody yield yourself to the Holy Ghost right now. Intercessory prayer changes things. Come on, pray today. Pray today. Prayer can change the mind of God. It can speed or slow his hand. It can allow mercy to be extended. It can give you the answer. It can fix any situation. Come on, young people. 
come on my generation I want to know today oh if God's in this house searching will he find an intercessor Prayer can create an atmosphere of the miraculous where people can get deliverance and get the Holy Ghost. It's spiritual warfare. And in case you don't know it, there's a war going on. There's a battle for your soul. Somebody ought to fight today. with fervency right now. somebody else I'm asking you ministers some of you elders pastors parents friends would you make your way through this congregation come on would you find a young man find a young lady come on God wants to raise up intercessors today I said God wants to raise up intercessors today in the name of Jesus
Come on, intercessors, I need you right now. Come on. This could turn your church upside down. Come on, this could change everything in your life. God's looking. He's searching for an intercessor today. Touch of the Holy Ghost in this house today. 
Come on, somebody yield. Somebody pray. <laughs> and we're going to kill him after Easter. There were some unnamed people that gathered together at Mary's house and the church started praying. I want to tell you today that prayer has the power to open the prison door. I said prayer has the power to open the prison door. And while they were interceding, while they were praying, their prayer came knocking at their door. I wonder for the next few moments if we could focus together. Come on, if you're here today and you've got a lost family member, prodigal in your life, would you just raise your hand? Look at this today. I'm going to tell you, I'm praying and believing God in this hour for a revival of prodigals and backsliders. And I wonder if for the next few moments we couldn't bind together and pray that God would move on them and stir them and shake them. Come on, right now, would you help me do it? I said, right now, would you help me do it? <laughs> Come on, we're fixing to put in practice what was preached about today. Come on, would somebody do it right now? <laughs>
across the house. If you would with me, would you lift up your voice? Lift up your hands one more time in conclusion. God, I pray that your word would settle in my spirit. That I would be an intercessor, God. It would you would use me in whatever capacity, God. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice with me? Hallelujah. Proclaim the word of God into your spirit. Declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, could you stamp it with an approval of praise? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for an intercessor in my life that when everything wasn't perfect there was a family member a brother or sister that kept praying for me amen amen don't forget tonight the doors open at 6 30 service will begin at 7 30 so you can get here early i believe the gates open at 4 30. Uh, the cafe will be open and it will be uh, made available to you but the doors will not open until 6 30 and so make sure you're here uh, and make sure you're on time amen turn to somebody meet and greet them tell them you love them and tell them you're excited about what's going to happen tonight <laughs> 